Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. All right, we're in, uh, we're in uh, part two of a series we've titled Positively. I think last week was Positively Optimistic. Today I'm going to talk about another subject. And then yet another one a week from now and another one on the 11th of June. And then we'll hear from Joshua on the 18th and 25th, which is great. But um, <clears throat> you don't have to be really attentive to the world around you uh, to pick up on this, but on a macro scale, you know, internationally, around the globe, even on a micro scale in our own lives where we work or whatever, um, it's an extremely negative environment around us. Now, hopefully you're not one who brings the negativity. Um, That would be my job. I'm the Eeyore of the clan. But anyhow, there's, there just seems to be... I mean, you think about world economics and military stuff and uh, these struggles between nations, that is existent. But there's also struggles within our nation. You know them quite well. I'm not going to label them all. But there's huge philosophical debates about all kinds of subjects some of which we just as soon weren't being debated, but they are, and some that certainly need to be debated and discussed. But one of the things that I'm convinced comes with negative culture, and uh, you know, I'm 66 or something like that, so I don't know how old I am, but somewhere around there, and um, I have to tell you, unless my mind is messing with me, in the last five to six years, there has been an uptick of tension and hatred and uh, anger, and not, not just on a global level or a national level, but we can almost pick up that vibe Right here in West Eugene, I know we can in Kaiser, and we're only like 28,000 people or something like that. And what goes along with negativity, I think, is this, this Paul of discouragement. We can't seem to find the peace that we so desperately long for because there's negativity. I don't know about you, but things like, when I was a kid, there was this game called dodgeball. Anybody, okay, those of us over 50, some of you younger ones are going, what is that game? There was a game called kickball. Anybody know what kickball is? Yeah. You know, I loved that game, but what I hated about that game is um, being the last guy picked. You know, it's like, oh, I guess I'm not good enough. And it's discouraging. But how about when you do a project for your boss and you present it and you're all fired up and the boss goes, eh, not going to fly. That's going to happen. I mean, that's real life. It just happens sometimes. Perhaps you're in a relationship, we'll call it marriage for the time being, where your spouse thinks you're supposed to be a little bit more like somebody else. 
So like if you're a wife, you think your husband should be a little bit more like your dad, the cool parts of your dad, or vice versa. A guy thinking his wife should be like his mom, which is not a good place to hang out, but it can kind of create this vibe of discouragement. And if that's not enough, I'm so glad I'm inept when it comes to social media, but what I do see on there is it's really good at letting us know that we weren't invited to the party. (laughs) We weren't. Or, wow, you know, the Smiths, they go on cool vacations. We go to Fern Ridge Reservoir or whatever. There's that thing that's constantly speaking uh, discouragement to us. Now, probably nobody here today, but it is possible. You might feel like, you know, my life really isn't that important. Hence the series, Positively. Because there are some positive things to talk about, even in a negative or a discouraging climate. And I'm convinced, and maybe it's just near and dear to my heart, but I'm convinced with everything that is within me, a very sacred and spiritual practice that we as Christ followers must exercise our muscles in is giving people encouragement. That would have been a perfect time for an amen. You guys had too many muffins. You're like, oh, I'm in a coma or something like that. Because we need to be people who build others up Because the world is going to do a great job of tearing others down. And I'm going to give you what I think is the key thought uh, for today. And this is kind of why I believe it. Today's key thought, our God, our God, is an encouraging God. Would you say that out loud with me? Our God is an encouraging God. I want to reflect that. Does anybody else want to reflect that? I want to be one of those kinds of people. I mean, think about it. If we are actually being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, the character of Almighty God ought to be seen upon us, heard from us, or somehow emanate from us. Amen? Amen. And if our God is an encourager, that means we as his family, as his little people, are to be encouragers as well. In fact, um, we kind of had a forced volunteer to read the scripture this morning. And uh, it's a wonderful picture and account in 2 Corinthians 7. I'm going to invite Lily Kai. Lily Kai, come on down. Come on, encourage her as she comes. Does, does anybody know where the uh, atrial electrical device might be? She, come on. You want to come up? This is this high step in here, kid. Come on. Oh, you got a mic. Oh, I was gonna hold your hand. All right. You don't. You don't need help. You don't know what to do. You stand right here. Everybody here loves you and believes in you, and you got this. And so, yeah. What? I know this is a little bit awkward, but that's the size of font I need. That's beautiful. Would you, would you please read that aloud for our congregation? All right. Thank you. Second, 
I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse, or wait, verses five through six. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. Give it up for her. Good job. You now may leave the nightmare. You did so good. Go oh, take it to your mom. We'll be good. Thanks, Lily Kai. Didn't she do a great job? You know, public speaking is like one of the number one fears that humanity has. And Lily Kai, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Anybody show up today where you feel like you've had no rest? That's pretty real stuff. We face conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. It describes some of our lives today. But you know, one of the things that's really cool when any of the biblical writers talk about like a challenging situation and it's followed by, but God, that's cool. That is so cool. I love this part. Verse six, but God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. If you're discouraged today, maybe something unexpected's happened in the last weeks or whatever, our God is a God of encouragement. He really is. I don't know if you're facing relational challenges, something at home, something at school, Maybe it's financial. Maybe you got some medical news that's like, oh man, that's terrible. I hate that news. And discouragement might be making its way in. We serve a God who encourages the discouraged. Amen? Yes. You know, I think if, if we really have eyes to see and if we have ears to hear and if we have a spirit that's sensitive to God's love for us even in the faintest of ways we can be cruising along in the car and all of a sudden a song will start playing do any of you just get lifted up by certain songs like God's speaking directly to me I know it happens sometimes or if you're um, say you're a consistent reader of God's word, or even if you're inconsistent, but you open God's holy word and a passage that you've read countless times before, boom, God shines a light on and it's like neon, neon, neon. We know that God's love and his encouragement is at work in our lives. Amen? I love it when that happens. How about when someone texts you and just says, hey, sup? thinking about you, praying for you. You think that might be, and it's like God is taking care of us at times. It's so cool how he does that. Battles on the outside and fear on the inside. And as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we must develop in our ability to be encouragers to others. Now, some of us are quiet. I get that. Oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't know. You know, I'm going to help you through that because uh, the voice of encouragement in a world full of uh, discouragement and anger and verbal harm is so critical. So I'm going to give you three. Yes, three. You've never heard a preacher say that before. I got three things for you to write down today. But more important than writing them down is that we would live them out. Number one thing that we can do is we encourage others 
daily. Say the word daily with me. Daily. Well, I encourage someone. I think it was like six weeks ago. On a, uh, this is a daily thing. Be affirming with that which comes out of our mouth. Because the voices of negativity and discouragement, they're constant. And this is what I hear with some of the negativity that I might encounter. You don't measure up, Tom. You're not good enough. All the inadequacies that I might carry as a sinful human being, though redeemed by Jesus, all the inadequacies can continue to resurface in my mind. It can happen, you know, in relationships. There was a stretch of time, and since my wife's not here, I can pick on her. This is going to be so fun. But when we had some pretty heated discussions about how you're supposed to fold towels. It's serious stuff. It's like marriage altering. I've confessed about our dishwasher issues. But we need to be encouraging. Or maybe, maybe some of you might have this neighbor. Please, I hope you're not that neighbor. But this neighbor comes around. Oh, it looks like your lawn edger's not working too good. I mean, they mean well. And as they walk away, they look to your garage. Oh, you have an oil leak in your car. <laughs> Don't be that neighbor. And if you are, do not move in next to me. Because the thing is, it's like, it just, it like stirs up this sense of inadequacy and it just builds. Well, perhaps that's why the author of Hebrews in chapter 3, verse 13, pens this. He says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now, we might think, okay, I'm going to encourage others so my heart isn't hardened. Both the deliverer of encouragement and the recipient of encouragement have this additional protection so that our hearts might not be hardened by Sin's deceit. Every day. In fact, it's 1045. For some of you that stay up late, you got 12 hours. You can still encourage people because it's today, right? For some of us that go to bed early, we got like six hours. We're good. We have plenty of time to encourage people, don't we? Don't we? We got to be encouragers. Here's a rule that I try to go by and... and uh, I don't know if, if it, my wife likes it or not, but it's, it works for me. If, if I think something good about someone, whatever, I'm going to say it. Now, I like to tease and kind of banter as well, but usually if I think something good and positive, I'm going to say it or text it or email it or something. Many of you... God puts in your heart or your mind or your mouth something positive to share with another person and you don't do it. This is not a rebuke. This is not a condemnation. But I'm saying if we're going to reflect God's character, we need to be people that speak words of affirmation. And Hebrews commands us to practice it daily. I want to tell you about a friend of mine. His name is Chuck Friesen. When we first planted the church where I used to pastor in Kaiser, 
long time ago. He came pretty early on. And for the 16 or 17 years I was there, I can't think of too many weeks that went by that he didn't send me a text of affirmation. And let me tell you something. Maybe I shouldn't say this because not only am I a Christian, but I'm also a pastor. The hardest job I have ever done in my whole life is trying to be a shepherd, to honor God, to honor his holy word, to care for and to love people. In my sinful humanity, it requires God to move, but it's a battlefield. And I would read his texts. I saved him because there's that little string, I think you call it, where you get to look at him all the time. So I would save him. And when I was feeling blue, if you're under 50, blue means you're kind of bummed out. So if I was feeling down, uh, I would just read him. It said stuff like, like this. Keep preaching, brother. Your messages are really hitting home. I love you. Good job, PT. I, I guess that means Pastor Tom or Punk Tom. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> wow, the Holy Spirit is using you, Tom. And here's my favorite. I don't know why, but it's so personal. It just really meant a lot to me. He said, thank you, Jesus, for my Tom Fox. It was like this ownership thing, like I was his, and I was pumped, and I was ready to do it again next week, because after every Sunday sermon, I drafted my resignation in my head. There's discouragement that's a part of anything and all things that we do, and encouragement really turns the tide on it. The author continues in Hebrews 10, verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, such as the ecclesia, the assembled Christ ones are gathered together, which is great. Small groups, those are great. One-on-one encounters, those are great. To actively seek relationship, it's kind of what... The writer's talking about, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Does anybody know what the his or whom it is the his refers to? Jesus. Now this was written a few years back. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ's return is imminent. He is coming back for his church. He loves his church, even as messed up as we are, because his blood cleansed us pure. Aren't you thankful for that? Could you imagine earning your way to heaven because of how spiritual or godly or religious you and I are? It'd be a mess. Jesus cleaned up our mess. Now, I don't know about you, but I do know I need encouragement. Therefore, I will be one who endeavors to give encouragement. Anybody else here? Let's be honest today. I mean, it's Sunday. Let's be honest today. Anybody in this room value encouragement? Words, Words of affirmation. Those of you that aren't raising your hands, I don't know what to do with you. That's okay. So we encourage others daily. The second thing is, is we encourage others spiritually. A voice to lift others up 
spiritually. Now, yeah, we're going to encourage people for their accomplishments. Like, whoa, dude, your farm. We talked about this, Estelle. Your farm's so beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah, you're going to be positive and affirming about that. Or when they complete a project, we can affirm them. This is one that gets a little dicey. Somebody, like, gets a new haircut or a new hair color. I mean, they're stuck with it. You feel me? So you better be positive. I'm trying to help your relationships here. Whatever. But it doesn't end there. In fact, Paul says this in Romans 1, verses 10 through 12. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Paul wants to help others, Christ followers in Rome, grow strong in the Lord. Verse 12, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. So in other words, there's this mutuality of encouragement that is to, is to earmark the body of Christ. So it doesn't leave anybody out. Everybody is called to be an encourager, one who lifts up. It can be done pretty simply, like, okay, let's say you observe uh, a husband and wife, and you've, you very much uh, like the way that they treat one another. Let's say you just observe that from afar. You could actually go up to them and say, hey, I just want you to know the way that you guys interact and treat one another is really a blessing to me. Bingo. It doesn't have to be huge, just observing, thinking, and then affirming. Maybe it's something like this. This happens now and then, even though I usually sit up to the front. Every once in a while, I peek around during worship. Any other peekers out here? Yeah, some peekers. And I'll see someone with their hands lifted high and their eyes closed. And sometimes there's tears running down their cheeks, and it's like, that cannot go unspoken. I know it's a private moment, but at an appropriate time, I'll say, you know what? I observed you in worship, and it, it made me want to be more intimate with God. Speak those kind of things. Share those things with each other. Some of you, my wife, when we first gave our lives to Christ, she was like inviting everybody to church. I mean, here, I didn't know that I was going to be going into ministry eventually. And I'm saying, babe, you're always inviting people. It's kind of bugging me. Because I wanted it to be all of it. She's always inviting people. And the pastor at the church, we'd only been there like about two or three months. And he comes up to Pam and says, look, you, you have the gift of evangelism. You just keep inviting people and telling them about Jesus. And so then I had to get on her support team and tell her, this is awesome. Keep inviting people to church, babe. You're just, some of you might be that evangelist here at Westside where you're always inviting people. And then if you, maybe if you recognize someone, you know, like, let's be honest, church can get kind of synthetic sometimes. It can get kind of, it's all about, you know, the presentation, the falsehood, the display of religiosity or whatever. But every now and then there's authentic, real, uh, God-fearing, God-loving, genuine person. And you can go up to them and you can say, you know what? I am so glad that you're authentic and real because it encourages me to want to be 
myself, to fully embrace the fact that I'm busted and Jesus still loves me. We say those kind of things. I love your transparency. And we can do it with normal things, as if those aren't normal. A child scores a goal in a soccer match, or there's an assist. And I have no idea what a hat trick is, but let's give them a hat trick. They do all three. And you say, wow, you are gifted. God has really gifted you in this athletic endeavor. Yeah, you could talk just about the sports side, but why not affirm the gifting that God has given them? I think that's worthwhile. Or you congratulate someone on their raise or their promotion and simply say, that is so cool. You have been faithful where God has placed you and he's blessing you. That's a good thing to say to someone. So anyhow, number one, we encourage others daily. Number two, we encourage others spiritually. And number three, some of you are going to say that's not right, Tom, but it is. The next one may surprise you. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. This is not selfish. This is a very spiritual discipline and practice. A powerful example of this is in the life of King David in uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 in particular. But suffice it to say that David, uh, David was massively distressed. I mean, he, things were jacked up. In his life, there were battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Anybody in the last week or two face the probability or possibility that you are going to get stoned? Now, let me clarify. Let me clarify. I'm talking about have rocks thrown at you, okay? Are we clear now? Any, anybody in here thought someone was going to throw rocks at you? Well, okay. Oh, stop it now. King David was going to get stoned. There's no pebbles. We're talking stones like maybe like one hand, maybe two hands. Got to throw them hard. None of us in here have faced uh, somebody inciting a riot nearby where we're the target of their stone throwing. So David has got a tough situation. And here's what the Bible says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30. But David encouraged himself... In the Lord his God. I know you guys don't like playing with me, but you're stuck with me for now. Would you read this aloud with me? But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So every now and then, you just need to encourage yourself. Not in yourself, but in the Lord. Preach to yourself. I know that's going to send some hackles up on some necks. Preach to yourself. When the voices of discouragement are raging, you can stand firm and say, no way, my God loves me. He is the God of encouragement and he encourages the discouraged. I'm discouraged, I'll trade it for encouragement from God. Battles on the outside, fear on the inside. And some of you might say, I'm not a preacher. And I'll say to you, get your preach on and start talking to yourself the way God's holy word talks to and about you. Maybe it goes something like this. Declare, oh, yeah, this is like insurmountable, but I have faith for this, and my God will supply all of my needs. Anybody faced with, uh, like, more needs than you have stuff? Guess who fills the gap? Almighty God fills the gap. Since my God is for me, who can be against me? And my God says, when you're feeling discouraged, my God says, I am an overcomer 
by the blood of the lamb and by the power of the words of my testimony. John writes that in the book of the Revelation. There's much that we can do to preach to ourselves. Undoubtedly, some, maybe many, I don't know, feel a sense of discouragement today. Despair. Maybe your heart is heavy or your spirit is heavy and you feel burdened, discouraged, not sure if you're going to make it. You've been hammered over and over and over by the negativity of your world or our world. Battles on the outside and fear on the inside. I have one appeal uh, to, to throw your way. Would you embrace the truth that God encourages those who are discouraged. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. I think I've got a song they're going to play. Those of you who are on the prayer team, uh, wherever you're comfortable, if you want to be at the banner, that's great. If you want to be up here, that's okay too. But I want to offer a couple of words of challenge uh, to you this morning. Positively encouraging. We encourage others daily. This is not just kind of a suggestion. This is a command for us who follow Jesus Christ. We need to grow in it. We encourage others spiritually. And there is a time, it might be today. If not, there will come a time when we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. As the, as the band begins to play in pre preparation for our final song, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes, please. I have a couple of questions to ask. Number one, I'm convinced, even as Jerry shared that picture uh, before we began the message, that there are some here today who have yet uh, to surrender their lives, whether you're a young person, you're my age, or you're older, there is a place with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that we are invited to run to, to experience His love, to experience His forgiveness, to experience His grace. And I'm going to ask this question. Is there anyone here this morning who's hearing this message. Maybe you're hearing about Jesus for the very first time. Maybe you've heard about him for five or six or seven decades. But today's the day that you want to run into the embrace of God through Jesus Christ. It's very simple. We simply need to say, I guess, in our hearts that there is a God and I am not him. I need a savior and his name is Jesus and I give my life over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's anyone in here that would say, yep, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Lift your hands right now. Just lift them heavenward. God bless you. The Lord bless you. Yes, God loves you. You are a part of his family. Are there others that would say, yes, that is me. You can put your hands down. Thank you for your honesty. How about this one? Anybody beaten down from a sense of discouragement and you need the God 
of encouragement to touch your heart and your life. Would you raise your hands? Hold them high. Hold them up. He loves you. He cares for you. He's the only one that can bring the fullness of encouragement. Let's all stand to our feet. Those of you who, who raised your hands, um, I would encourage you. If you are one that could really enjoy, benefit from the encouragement of Almighty God, I want you to, to exercise your faith. And as we sing, you walk from where you are over to these precious ladies over here. Or you can walk up here because they let me pray for people once in a while too. But as we sing, you make your way because they're going to hear the voice of the Lord. They'll pray for you. And you'll be filled with a level of encouragement that you may desperately need. Thank you. Lead us if you would please.